0: Don't go home. Stay I night. Don't go
1: home. Stay night. Don't, don't go home. Stay
2: with me till home. Hey, everybody. This is Nate. And this is Justin. From Pertnere Sandstone. We're back
3: for another season of Road to Blue Ox. Nate, I got my Blue Ox socks. I'm about to right. put them on for the podcast.
2: <laughs> you should. <laughs> Feeling the vibe. Fresh socks always makes for a better podcast.
3: That's what I always say. This episode, we're talking to Daniel Donato. The kid is incredible.
2: Yeah, he's uh, a discovery for me. Yep, really me too. Like when we talk
3: about that in the interview, I really think that we're going to be seeing a lot of Daniel in the coming years. I'm... I'm talking like he's going to be around for decades. It's kind of a situation where go and see him now so you can say you saw him when. <laughs> you know, I'm happy to have seen him at the Turf Club when he rolled through. I got to interview him in the Clown Lounge, my favorite place in town. So, you know, you get to relive some of those old memories and you can just revel in the fact that it still has the charm that it has.
2: It does, yeah. In fact, it almost has more charm now that it's been reopened in a way. I mean, it's persevered. A couple of the first Pertnere shows, actually, like some of the very early in your shows, we're at the Turf Club. But yeah, there's a live at the Turf Club on the old stage where we have a track. Nice. It's, it's actually a track that we did without Jay so I'm playing guitar. Really?
3: <laughs> yeah. Interesting.
2: Yeah. The only gig I think we've ever done without Jay. Another artist I would like to feature on this episode is Riddy Armin. She's a discovery for me and I really love her style of songwriting and her voice. She just sits it's got a timeless haunting quality to it.
3: Yeah. I was looking up some of her stuff as well, and I also checked out her Instagram. Seems as though she lives in the mountains mm-hmm. and is leading uh, a life in the hills, man. It it's seems... kinda, yeah,
2: she's got that rancher thing happening, like yeah. le- like legit country singer.
3: Yeah, like Eliza Blue, too. Like
2: Eliza Blue or Coulter Wall. Like, yeah. I think she's definitely cut from the same ilk as Coulter. Right. Sounds like the coffee's ready. I'm gonna go grab a muddy cup of cowboy coffee while we listen to a song by Riddy Armin.
1: Up the old maid straw where the grass is green, wolves a little mean. And the arrow leaves tall Where the meadow larks sing Through the cows bellowing And the rhubarb grows out of rocks I've gathered all day, pushing pairs of the straw through the hathhorn trees, sending a yip and how. I've gathered all day, pushing pairs of the straw through the hathhorn trees, Send a hip and a haw of the old maid's straw where the grass is green, the wolves a little mean, and the arrow leaves tall. Pushing pairs of the straw, the cows made sure I seen views from both knobs. Well, I've gathered all day, pushing pairs of the straw, the cows made sure I seen views from both knobs. And that was Riddy
2: Armin, a song called Old Maid's Draw from her 2021 self-titled release.
3: I'm also excited to see Joseph. Nate, you know, we saw them up in Vermont when we were opening for Yonder Mountain String Band. Do you remember that?
2: I do, yeah. That was a per capita at a show, the most beards and flannel.
3: (laughs) 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 Undoubtedly. (laughs) But a great show it was, and we got to watch the bulk of the Joseph set because we were openers. Snuck onto the balcony and watched them, and their harmonies are incredible. And their live show and live presence is always yeah. like really fun too. So I'm stoked to see them again.
2: We got Eric in there this year. Yeah,
3: he's been working for years, and he just gets better and better. Yeah. You know, one of those artists you're so happy is is in the scene. We should just do a rundown of the bill, too, though. We can excitedly say that Bella Fleck and My Bluegrass Heart are coming. Old Crow Medicine Show making their first appearance at Bluehawks.
2: Yeah, we've been trying to get them, I think, from year one. Mm-hmm. But uh, they lined up this year. They're back on tour and happy to be welcoming them to the Pines. Music Railroad
3: Park. Earth coming back. Sam Bush, of course. Yeah. Punch
2: Brothers again.
3: Punch well. Brothers. I mean, come on. They got their new album out. Yep. Del McCurry just put out a new album. He'll be yeah. there. Paul Couthon. Daniel mentions in the interview as well. Horseshoes and Hand Grenade. Uh, yeah, of
2: course. Local heroes. And also, them Cooley Boys, right from Eau Claire.
3: Yep. Cedric Burnside. Yes. Making his way up from New Orleans. Oh,
2: man. I hope that we can get him to sit in with us again.
3: Yeah, that would be rad. Oh, man. Raddle Snake. Raddle in. <laughs> Fruition's coming back. <laughs> Tayon Street Corner Thieves armchair boogie okie dokie brothers are coming yeah. this year
2: fireside
3: collective chicken wire empire yeah may simpson's may gonna Simpson. rock everybody's socks off again good morning bedlam Humbert, finally
2: yeah our buddies pistol whip and party penguins Laney Lou and the Bird Dogs, who we are just out on tour with in the Pacific Northwest.
3: Yeah, I can't wait for this year. We, of course, have the backstage going during the day on Friday and Saturday again. Late night sets in the woods stage as well. I mean, added... Amenities and comforts. The Bishops are always trying to make it cush for everybody, which I dig, you know. Yeah. If you want to rub it, you can, but if you wanna get cush, you can there's opportunities. There's opportunities, you know. Sometimes it's fun to just, you know, lay back, take it easy, you know. Mm-hmm. Not work so hard.
1: I learned my lesson the hard way, but I learned it just the same. I can't regret the path I chose that made me who I am There's guilt and cares and unquiet graves Through all measured years there's still debts to pay And I will find my peace of mind I'm not sorry anymore About what I'm living for, leave my trust
3: By and large, we want to focus on the tunes. However, with that being said, since this is the first one we want to mention, you can go to the website and check out all of the information about the festival itself. But, you know, we're going to have the same things like we have in the past. Potluck String Band will be doing a jam in the picking circle.
2: Yeah, Potluck has been really doing a fantastic job of leading the charge at the Potluck picking area. That's even expanded into some other circles right in that area. So it's definitely... Look forward to that. It's a good place to meet new people and get
3: some picking on. Yeah, we'll and we'll have the instrument workshops again this year. Those seem to be well attended and popular, so look for that. I should also mention that we are taking submissions for art installations around the campground again this year. So if you know artists, if you are an artist and you think you have a good idea for something that could dress up the woods or the festival grounds anywhere... Let us know and check out the website for submission details.
2: You know, we talked about this in the past, but this year we're actually capping the ticket sales at five thousand. So that
3: is mentionable. Yeah.
2: yeah, it is, you know, and I think I'm pretty happy with that decision personally because it's going to maintain that really intimate feel. Of course, five thousand people is still a lot of people, but you know, in that amount of space, the sprawling campground, the big meadow, it it still feels intimate. It still feels really comfortable. I mean, the festival is going to grow, but I'm really I'm happy that we're proceeding in that direction. I feel like we've struck gold. It's just it's like a great balance of of the artists, the audience, the space. Right.
3: It's, it's just it feels right.
2: Yeah, that's how it feels. That's a good place to go into the interview portion of this episode. Forgive us for the issues with the audio. The content of the interview definitely makes up for the quality, so I hope you stick it out. We're going to listen to a song called Justice from Daniel's 2020 release, A Young Man's Country, and then jump right into that interview.
0: It's just a snow.
3: To you this is where i learned how to go to shows
4: yeah this <laughs> this venue definitely has a um, there's a certain frequency that starts to resonate venue like after it's been there for so many years and it's like so consistently worked yeah. like uh space dog over there does all the cos- content for cosmic country when they're on the road yeah i met him at roberts western world yeah cool, which is like a honky-tonk in nashville I'm familiar okay cool yeah and for everyone who doesn't know um It hasn't been there since the 40s, the building has, but the venue's been there for, like, 50 plus years. And it used to be a a pedal steel factory, and then now it's, like, the premier honky-tonky in Nashville, and it's, like, it has the same kind of sentiment that this building has, so it feels very comfortable in here already. Yeah, right. Yeah.
3: And uh, we were just in Nashville uh, in late fall. We played at uh, Dee's Country Lounge. Yeah, Uh, Country Cocktail Lounge. Yeah, it was... This place, actually really reminds me or d's and the trip club yep. i felt the kinship immediately when i walked in and the staff and the decor and yeah. sort of the vibe you know yeah the
4: vibration and the frequency
3: yeah well thanks for sitting down with me daniel <sighs> um i just got a few things you know i don't take too take up too much of your time i know how it is come into a town sound check oh yeah go get some food oh, come I back love it, you know, yes. yeah I'm born for it. I love it
4: I like You do beauty.
3: you seem to be born for it I was uh you know kind of like as I you know one of the beauties of doing Blue Ox is being able to bring your favorite artists to the stage yeah. and introduce them to an audience that, that you know is going to love them yeah. and is and is going to reciprocate energy um, but also one of the great things is for me, also new artist discovery. So I didn't really know much about you before we were pitching this year's bill. Mm-hmm. So then immediately, when when people start pitching names, I'm like, okay, let's get on this list. I want to check out everybody. Wow! And um, like part of the beauty of this festival, and I was like totally taken by you and like your music and just your vibe. And I just love the fact that you have so much experience at, at a relatively young age. Yeah. Um, maybe you can talk about just. Being in, from Nashville or growing up in Nashville and kind of your roots.
4: Yeah. I've just been doing it every day since I was fourteen. Right. Like pretty much, even days where I don't play, it's like there's not an hour that passes really where I'm not at least thinking about music for a couple minutes. Right. It's kind of crazy. Like so I I was really bad at skateboarding. It was like terribly bad. Uh-huh. And I would just hang around with this group of kids that were like all a little bit better than me. And then when we would go to my house after school, I had Guitar Hero. And so my mom would make us like ham and cheese Hot Pockets.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Cue the Jim Gaffigan. (laughs) I know.
4: I love Jim Gaffigan. And there was something about Guitar Hero where like I just loved it and I would like listen to the music that was on there. I picked up guitar and I just loved the sensation of playing so much. Um, I loved not being good at it yet. I loved being able to like hear things in my head that I couldn't yet do and then being able to do them after like investing time. Mm -hmm. In that cycle, like that process, I've just been doing every day since I was 12. And then when I was 14, my dad had this idea, since we were living about an hour outside of Nashville, he never did music or anything. He was like, well, you seem to like this guitar thing. Why don't you just go on the street, pull out your acoustic guitar? And I'll stand by you and make sure nobody takes your money and see if you can make a few dollars. (laughs) So the first day we did that, I I brought out an acoustic guitar, and it was like a rampantly busy day downtown. And so nobody could hear me. Uh No one gave a fuck. Right. So (laughs) I was like very uh, downtrodden and uninspired about the whole thing. And I remember like talking to my dad and be like, I don't know if I want to do this. And like as that sentence ended, we heard this um, reverberation we heard this call coming from a a venue called legends corner Mm -hmm. and it was the band inviting me up on stage they saw me walking down the street and through some act of synchronicity instinctually the bass player rocking randy hall invited me on stage to come play guitar super random yeah what the what's right i get up and i play and i play electric guitar and I, it, was, it, was a, it was a Telecaster, which is the guitar I still play today. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I remember like hearing an electric guitar amp through a PA manifesting its shape in a room that's the size of the room. So it's like you're bigger than a human. Like You're omitting this frequency right. that is the size of a room. Yeah. And that's a really yeah. abstract feeling. And so I remember being 14 and the first note doing that, Like the first note, I was like, my God, there is some... There's some archetypal power happening here. Yeah, and, and, I, and I'm down. And I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've, I've been on that, on a domino effect of that sensation ever since then. And it's been a non-linear, although yet connective, sequence of events that leads us here to the church Club today. Right. In, in 2022.
3: Might call it cosmic. Yeah, I would call it cosmic. <laughs> I would, yeah. As, as I discover more about you and dig in deeper, it just seems like you really do have a cosmic connection to music you're bringing out of yourself, manifesting out of yourself. And it seems as though you're very much a product of Nashville, but also unique and genuine to yourself. And I really, I really dig that. Maybe since we're talking about Nashville, maybe you could talk about Don Kelly and having played more than 450 shows. (laughs) down there with him and that was a
4: crazy thing the don kelly band's wild so like nashville has this brand of like music city and there is this concept of like all these hot gun slinging guitar players yeah it's like there's pretty much one band that created that stereotype and it's the don kelly band all the famous session guitar players that play on all the hit records they played in that band and so the day after i had that sit in at legends corner i went back downtown yeah and i had this shoebox that I had written on say, said saving up for a Telecaster, and that day <laughs> I made like enough money to go buy one. Five hundred fifty-three dollars is basically singles. That's good cash. though. Insane for a child. That's 20. yeah. As we're walking back to the uh, to the parking garage with my dad, a doorman who was supposed to be manning the door at Roberts because so after six PM like, they don't let in minors. Right. He wasn't there, and I was like, "Let's go get some food." And by happenstance, there was this band setting up. Yes. And there was no one in there. It was like literally the bartenders oh, and the band, nice. me and my dad. Yeah. And we ordered a fried bologna sandwich and surprise, and this band started playing in front of me, and it was like 20 feet away from me, like at, at most. Yeah. And it was unbelievable. It was the most super real experience I'd ever had with music. And still to this day, I think about it all the time. Yeah. It was like the first day I'd ever heard Waylon Jennings, Clay Nelson, Earl Haggard. Johnny Cash,
3: mm-hmm.
4: Bluegrass, Western Swing, yeah. Telecaster. Tell-
3: Man, like, what a just like. It was all. It
4: was like mm. the universe just dropping like, a yeah, box of inspiration. So cool. being like, Okay, here yeah. you go. Here you See you in two decades. <laughs> yeah. <It was> like, <laughs> not even though. Not even. Yeah. I, was... so I would go and see this band every week for like three years. Mm-hmm. And they would play Friday, Wednesday through Saturday. we would go on Saturdays. And I would give them my business card. They had like a hundred plus song set list. They would play from six to ten. Yeah. And they wouldn't take any breaks. You know, it
3: yeah.
4: 15 minutes or something. Yeah,
3: because if you take a break in Nashville, you, lose just, everybody. you watch everybody walk out the yeah. door.
4: Yeah, And um, I eventually got to play in that band. It was like, yeah, it was my apprentice. It was like one of my, like in the Eastern philosophy, like Zen and the Art of Archery, like there's, a, there's an apprenticeship yeah, that, is, th- that is necessary, just like any hierarchy. And um, that was mine. And it wasn't a traditional music college experience. Or um, educational experience by anything that's very linear, but it was indeed an experience uh, yeah, that had asset of wisdom, yin and yang, yeah. positives, good and bads, yeah. how to handle money, how to handle yourself on stage, yeah. how to talk to an audience, how to communicate to an audience with music, how to read the room, Man. volume, how to just like so many the list things. goes on. Yeah, it really does, and it was just like the molding of my consciousness, like yeah. in terms of part of my identity as a musician,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and. Um, it was like over 20,000 songs we, would, we played in total. Like, I was yeah, doing the math the so other day. Nice. Yeah. Like, I was doing, it was like, well, we, we on average did X amount of songs per show. And it was like, yeah, 20,000 songs. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it literally is like that thing. And that band still today is around, but Don retired and they're in this great band now called Kelly's Heroes. So if anybody goes to Nashville okay. Wednesday through Saturday, they're carrying on the tradition and they're phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so, and the drummer, Stan Stone, is that a name that rings a bell for you? Um,
4: Stan played in the Don Kelly band for a minute. I don't remember his last Okay, name.
3: so I, as I was, doing, I was, I was watching
4: was um, Oh, and he fell out the window? Things. Yeah, I was wondering if you were there that night. <laughs> I'd, I'd actually gotten fired from that band for smoking a joint out behind Robert's. All right. <laughs> a few hours after we were done, because Don was uh, the band leader, magnificent band leader, But the generation he came from was like Dust Bowl, Texas, like seven siblings, no, like literally eating a can of beans for dinner. Right. And like went into the army and they never had a drop of alcohol, a puff of nicotine, or any consciousness enhancing cannabis ever. And so he had this very like um, conservative, not anything that's politically skewing, but just in terms of how he ran. Right. Yeah. And And word got through the grapevine that I had smoked a joint up on. Robert you know for a while there I felt pretty bad about it but now I'm 27 and yeah. well, I don't care but you know what though yeah
3: just another one of those things that you can check off the list and got fired from a band <laughs> yeah yeah
4: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. had imposter syndrome for six months <laughs> had to deal with that that was great yeah
3: that's funny it
4: is now <laughs> right it's I'm sure depressing oh I bet them. you were just like what in the, the hell so that led to me getting into doing the hired gun thing which is playing in other people's bands and that led me to playing this club here right uh, with a band called the wild feathers then playing it uh with an artist named paul coffin and so yep. it's, it's my third time in this building yet now it's with daniel donato and cosmic country and so it's yeah. like i have like a very tight grip on what i want to do and what my intention is i've had all this experience of like playing these venues before and you know, you know like when your computer like remembers the Wi Fi yeah. to a place? Uh huh. It's like I, my computer remembers the Wi Fi to places that like I, I didn't even know I was there. Like it happened last that's, night.
3: That's like a modern day sort of push pin on the map. You know what I mean?
4: Like <laughs>
3: an electronic version of that. 100%. <laughs> you know, Paul's gonna be at Blue Ox yes.
4: as well. Yep. I'm trying to figure out if it's gonna be the same day. It's absurd. I, that guy's one of my biggest mentors, with you in terms of just music, like um, just the Like way the actual manages. actual music, like tunes, and... or like the approach to it. Like okay. he's like um he's just very he's like Kimbo Slice. You remember Kimbo Slice the fighter? Um, maybe. Okay, so like Kimbo Slice is different than George Saint Pierre or like Conor McGregor, where they have oh you're MMA. MMA. Yeah, so yeah okay. They have like great they have great knowledge of the quantitative foundations that fundamentally construct the art, and they understand it on a technical level. But Kimbo Slice just kicked ass in backyards. Yeah, right. And it got on (laughs) enough YouTube views Uh to where he just got famous. Right. And he just approached it with the fire in his soul. And that's what Paul's like. He has no technical grasp in terms of Anything that's like, okay, well, I've learned all these songs, I've learned all these solos, i listened to all these records, and I understand it note for note. It was just like him looking into his soul and getting it out into the world. Kimbo Slice, right? Like right? Mm-hmm. Just a wild man. You know? like yeah. Forward yeah. moving, just and like... Someone like me, it's like, well, I, I, I kind of do both. Yeah, I'm very like quantitative and technical. And mm-hmm. so it's, like, a brilliant thing to be able to call him a friend and work with him because, like, I can experience a completely different approach to the art right. and let that radiate into my frequency. Oh, I love it. And it's like, yeah.
3: Yeah. too. Man, that's that sponge-like like yeah. attitude of just, like, what? What? Where? Who? Yeah. What? What are they doing? How, how yeah. are they doing
4: it? Yeah, totally. love that, man. That's, that's called fluid intelligence. There's crystallized fluid intelligence and, like... Fluid intelligence is like something you have when you're younger, and it's your ability to take in information, but then you also lose information faster. And as you get older, it starts to, what we call, crystallize right. intelligence. Like you can learn less, but you, you've known more because you have this <laughs> giant portfolio of experience. Right. So I'm in, the, I'm in the fluid mode. I'm just like always taking things in now. Yeah, it's
3: brilliant, man. This is a great way to live. You never know what anybody's going to teach you. you no, yeah. That's
4: why I say that on the road, I'm, I'm always telling my guys, it's like, no less, see more. Mm-hmm. Like, stop saying, you know. Or, right. You yeah. don't know anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, yeah. but you see more, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, that's the thing.
3: So, yeah, maybe that could segue in a little bit toward your album and kind of the Cosmic Country philosophy. Like, where where do you see yourself? You seem like somebody who's got a firm vision yeah. and a really, like, a keen eye. So... I don't know, what what's the next few years like if we can climb out of this yeah. you know, the, this strangeness of Turing these days? I mean, how is that going as well? Have you had to cancel anything?
4: We did. We had to cancel in December. We haven't had to cancel anything in 2022. Yeah, knock on wood. There's an ancient uh, story about why we knock on wood. It's because they used to believe spirits lived in the trees. Help us out. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, come on out. Come on yeah, out. We gotta, give it, me, yeah, give me a hand. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. The thing for me is I've realized now that the only thing different in my life that I would like to change would be the scale of what I'm doing. Okay. But the process is what – it's a state of flow that numerous artists exist in, which is you tour, and you connect with your community, your mm-hmm. cosmic community, and then you also put out music. And you, put, you put out things for them to just watch and, and find value in, and then yep. they come see you. And so you, you're giving in terms of records. You're giving in terms of touring. In all other kinds of mediums. But it's a constant state of flow. So with that, it's a process. But also with that, it's a compounding scale of, of life. And so the thing I'm going to be doing, I think for a while, knock on wood, is just touring all the time and putting on music as often as I can when it's at the right quality to do so. Yep. Um, and so we're doing over 100 shows this year. I, like My agents are just brilliant people with years of experience. That's great. Um, and my management's great. And uh, we're going to be doing some music with Vance Powell, who did like um, Traveler with Chris Stapleton. He did Sigma Oasis with Fish. He did like Jack White's ah, records. and for you, man. He's the man. Like yeah, that's yeah. great. So yeah, the only thing I'd like to change is the scale. I would like to like add a couple zeros onto our show ticket attendances. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Just, I just want to add zeros really. Yeah. <laughs> and, I don't and, mean and to more that's vain, you know. Sure. But I think no, it's just a matter of adding zeros. Well, you've got to
3: have that ambition and you've got to have that drive and that, that desire to, I mean.
4: I've been doing it so long. man. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it since I was 14. I, it's all I've ever wanted to do and if there's something inside me that's never let me do anything else ever. And it just oh. seems like I don't even know you, but I can just <laughs> feel it. hell, yeah. I think that's leading back to Nikola Tesla saying everything's made of energy frequency and vibration. It's mm-hmm. like you definitely have a sense of a reality that is happening that is not necessarily anything but meta. and you can feel a frequency. You can feel intention. you can feel yeah. vision. Because those things are manifesting from you, and it's like not to sound too abstract or woozy, but these are real things. You know? So I'm glad you could pick up on them, and I can feel that with you as well. I can feel that you're very present, and you know you want to be here. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what it's about. Yeah, yeah.
3: I love, like I said, this the discovery of of artists and through music. You know what I mean? Through the through the art of all of this, and through the process of it all, and just everything that comes with it. You know, there's just a lot to love about it. Because it's, it's uplifting and it's invigorating, you know? It's invigorating. Going from town to town is not easy, but once yeah. you get into that town, you're like, hey, this is a whole new fucking place yeah, that I don't really know. Yeah, you know? I don't know. No, no. Yeah, you know, this you place know. almost died permanently in May of 2020 when George Floyd was murdered, you know? Like, Jesus. yeah, like this whole strip, of, you know, this is like one of the spots that was greatly affected physically and emotionally and mentally. In all the ways. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the discovery of, of, of tour, you know, and just I, I was hoping you were going to tell me that you were I looked at your spring schedule I was like, that's a lot, you know? Yeah. And then I was like, I bet he's going to keep pushing through the year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah just like yeah. keep it rolling. Yeah. I mean, uh, the
4: only difference is scale. The process that we're at right now is for, uh, I wouldn't want to change a thing. Just the scale.
0: Uh-huh.
4: If you look at the word music, it's actually a very interesting word. These are things I think about when we're driving after a show to our lodging. And it's like 1 a.m. So, prefix and suffixes. If you look at the word music, the prefix M-U-S is, is uh, analogous to the muse. Um, and IC means to take character, to take shape or to take form of something. And so, what music is, is it's the formation of the muse in space and time. Yeah. For people to grab what they will from it too. That and that's the thing is you have your muse, and everyone can kind of subconsciously understand and agree with that. Mm-hmm. So if the music is like vib- on a frequency level, potent and effective enough, and rooted in the right intention, the muse takes uh, form. Yeah, and right front you, and around you, and around and you, and, around you, you, and you, yeah. inside you. It's like it's like that Churchill Simpson* lyric. It's all around you. you yeah, know? it's like, which you know, you got. Take some mushrooms, I guess, to like that song to a certain degree. You can like it without the mushrooms, but you
3: maybe would connect deeper with it. Yeah, yeah.
4: Make sense of your abstract (laughs) thoughts and feelings.
3: So good, man.
4: Let's talk about uh,
3: Country Boot Camp. Oh, with pickup jazz. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like, that seems like, I was like, I don't really have a telly at home, but I was like, maybe I'll go get
4: a guitar and start learning country looks and, yeah and, and jam along with Daniel when I was 18 I did this book called the new master of the Telecaster I named it that and, like, and it was like a very ambitious like I love yes. Howard Stern yeah. like King of all media mm-hmm. yeah um, right right, it's right like what are you even doing it's like a, it's like a troll yeah and so I, I had never um, that book sold really well. Um, and I always thought in the back of my mind, like, to keep on teaching, and, and um, I, I'd like to perhaps teach at Belmont University one day and have a class there, and so whenever the right opportunity arises to sit down with a company and make media and it be on the content of instruction and that idea, pickup Jazz was, like, the, a no-brainer. For everyone who doesn't know, pickup Jazz is, like, pretty much one of the top 10 most popular music pages on Instagram, and they deal primarily with guitarists, and they, they don't really have anybody doing country. Um, and so they reached out to me to ask if I'd be interested in that, and it is pretty much as simple as that. It's it's my philosophy and my approach, and in, in the way that I've kind of come up with a way to quantify a certain style of playing guitar, and that is what that is. It's actually cool, too. We have it laid out in like this two-month daily regimen to where like you can work at it every day and get better at it. And that's the biggest thing for me is I really think in your life it really helps you. It like behooves you to have something that you can work at every day and see and yield gains from it. Like and that's when you know that you're molding something and you're creating something. Um, you're getting better at something. And that's what guitar has always been for me. And it's not always easy to do that. So if I can help people out with that process I'm way down. I'm yeah. way down for that. That's so, great. Yeah, that's a cool thing that just
3: happened. Yeah, it seems like a, a good project and, and a good thing for you to do in addition to creating your own music, you know?
4: That's one thing I want to mention on sure. in this interview is like um, your cosmic <coughs> crew. You're, the more time you spend with people, the more time the roots of your consciousness get tied together, just like trees. And it's very important who you surround yourself with, the values that they have, the values you share together, um, and that's the thing. I'm. That's why I said I don't want to change anything about what I'm doing except scale. And I love the people. Right. I love the people I'm <laughs> with, and, and their flaws and yeah. my flaws. You know, and it's like.
3: Music. It's a family, man.
4: Yeah, it's a meta family.
3: Uh, we've been. I mean, they've like the, the founding three of three founding members still in the band since 2000. I don't know, five, you know, four. Um, and yeah, like. It's like 16, 17 years. Yeah, like, and to be able to persevere and stick with each other for that long, it really speaks to. Well, a devotion and a love and, um, you know, a kinship that really musicians, I don't want to say that only musicians know that, but there's something about that closeness and that, you know, that kinship. You
4: know? We really are, like, um, in an archetypal sense, like you really are navigating the Wild West. It's this land of unknown trouble and unknown gold and treasures. And you're going to find a crew to go out there and beat those and then also conquer and, like, achieve. And that's why I say on the podcast, like my podcast, like all the time, like, I think so, like, you're you're always interfacing with consciousness and reality, your personal reality and your objective reality. That's a lot. And nobody tells you this. Like, when you get, when, you're, when you literally come here, there's certain fuels that if you can apply awareness to them, they help you interface with this mess really well. And I think those three things are patience with you and others, persistence with your vision. And the positivity with all the data that you take in, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. patience, persistence, positivity. Like I, that's a mantra I'm repeating to myself dozens of times a day. I should be patient, be positive, and just know that this isn't the vision yet, but we're getting there. Right. Love it, man. Seriously, it's great to talk to you. Likewise, this place has a vibe to it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. and it has as long as I've known it, too. We used to uh, sit right there in that booth until they kicked us out at 2.15 or 2.30. And we'd go home and have to hang our clothes outside of our house, our apartments, our bedrooms, because it, this, the cloud of smoke would just descend, you
4: know? Because you could still smoke in the bar back then. I used to play in smoking bars when I was very young, 15, 16. And I would bring my i bring those clothes to school because I just wouldn't know. <laughs> and then my teachers all the time had the worst idea of me because they thought I was just this kid, like, is like ruining He's his life playing smoked, in hockey. Talks. Yep, yeah, like, smoking cigs. Yeah, so. smoking. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm not going to keep you much longer. No, I'm man. Just, I love uh,
4: I'm way extroverted. Yeah, yeah. I love talking. Right. <laughs>
3: But okay, then I'm going to steal, the, to end it, I'm just going to yeah. steal this idea from a um, local musical friend here in town. His name is Doc, and he has a, um, a radio show on a beloved community radio station, a true community radio station, KFAI, here in town. It's called Desert Island, and the premise is he invites guests on who have new music on or a show coming. Before coming on the show, you have to give him a list of your albums you would bring Oh, I knew you island. were going to be stranded on a desert island. I understand that it's very hard to know this down, having done it before. Yeah. However, things pop into your head, you know, immediately. So.
4: I'd probably do I "Stardust" by William Nelson. um uh, Europe '72, Grateful Dead. Okay. And then I would do like "Live at Carnegie Hall" Buck Owens. Buck, yeah. Uh, Buck, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Buckham. That's <laughs> or, the name of his
3: book. Oh Buck yes, Buck is. He's one of my faves, man. I would bring nothing like singing along uh,
4: with with Bucket, Don Rich, and Don Rich. Yeah, Yeah, you just like
3: there's nothing like singing with those guys. You turn on their album and just belt it out with them. Yeah, man, man, it's very inclusive. And um, I also I like doing bucket karaoke.
4: Oh, like act naturally and shit? Yeah, yeah and, that's
3: cool. you know, um, Tiger by the Tail, last time Tiger I did it, it didn't play well, just because some, some audiences aren't too familiar. you got to pick the audience sometimes, you yeah, know, for, is this a Buck crowd, or is this a Johnny Cash crowd, or is this yeah. a Aerosmith crowd, you know?
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I love about what we're doing in our set now, it's like we're doing a lot of, like, Hank Williams, we're doing a lot of Buck Owens, and, like, Waylon, uh, top of our originals, mm-hmm. And it's like, a lot of people don't even know these songs. And so they, they end up thinking they're your songs, which is weird. And then you end up, yeah, a select few of them go and they discover the source of it. And yeah. That's amazing. You know, It's like a branch that feeds the root of a tree. It's the totally. same thing. It's like, but I'm
3: excited to do this Wood Brothers um, oh. cover that we're, we're working on right now, too. And I'm just like, this is sometimes it's really freeing just to grab somebody else's song oh, and be like, we're going to rip this and we're just going to kind of make it our own and we're going to shred it and we're going to give it to people and then I'm going to tell you that that's not our song that's the Wood Brothers tune and go check out their album,
4: I was talking with Oliver Wood about this we were getting espresso the other day and um, the era of art that we're presently in is called pastiche or pastiche and it's the concept that everything that is being made presently today is derived from a previous form of some kind yeah, I, so I, I don't know if done. anybody could argue that. <laughs> so think about it. Think about how shrewd it is. We almost speak in terms of covers. Oh, what does he sound like? Oh, he sounds like a Bruce Springsteen and like, right, Deep yeah, right. went and had a baby or something. Yeah, like, yeah. You know. What is their
3: painting like? Well, it's like uh, it's like Monet and yeah.
4: Salvador Dali, right? right? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Or like Wes Lang. If you were looking to Wes Lang, who we did like the "So Glad You're Here" Spring 1990, "Grateful Dead." If you literally look lie. at his paintings, it's mm-hmm. Ron Dass quotes. In its symbolism, that is from the dead or other archetypal stories of mice and men, shit like that. And it's literally him just taking things he likes and putting it on the palette. It's a charcuterie of, of inspiration. I, I think uh, originality is something that you always strive for, but in, inform, informing people as well is something that yeah. You're it, always and you do.
3: just you got it, just all bleeds into you. You know, it all just like it's the sponge. You know. You just take it in and let it become part of you, and then it just comes out of you in, in whatever fashion it, it returns, you know? It's like the cycle continues, you know? Yeah,
4: man. Hey, maybe one day when uh, when we're doing like Staples reader or, or something, yeah, we yeah. won't have people's sound checking <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I'm just like, I love all right, it. then we're going to sign off with Daniel. <laughs>
3: it's great. Well, thanks so much for sitting down Thank with me. Thank you. David. That was yep. a Hell yeah. Can't wait to see you play tonight, man. All
2: right, well, that wraps up this episode of Road to Blue Ox. We're going to be coming at you with more great interviews from 2022 Blue Ox artists leading up to the festival in June. I want to thank Daniel Donato for hanging out with Justin in the Turf Club Green Room, all of you for liking and sharing and supporting this podcast and the Blue Ox Music Festival. We love and appreciate you all and can't wait to be hanging out with you at the festival. See you in the pines.
0: Every time it rains, I run to my window And all I do is ring my hands and moan And listen to that thunder Can't you hear that lonesome wind moan Now tell me, baby, why you have been gone so long? Tell me, baby The past paint pictures in my head.